Welcome to the Eucatastrophe, where we meander through politics, pop culture, church, and society to consider true human ends and how life may be enchanted. I'm Joel Harrison, joined as always by Dave Taylor, and this is something of a bonus round. It's ridiculous. I don't even know if that's going to come up in the mic. Okay. That's my rap air horn. Yeah. It's, it's my only app for my phone. See, okay. Yeah. Well, that just made the episode. Yeah. Uh, usually we take a week off from episodes mm. and I go float in the ocean. Dave watches Alan on day t- daytime TV. <laughs> and um, then we come back and we have a bit of meander again. But we thought, you know what, while we're doing that, maybe we'll just have a, um, a bit of a bonus on a film. Mm. Now we know... So when we did the Avengers as a catastrophe film, <laughs> some of you just just weren't into that. Just yeah. didn't didn't go in for it. But that that that's that's not very good. And also the the film in question will have been out for like a month. When you, oh, this film? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess some of you may skip this, but uh, anyway, so we thought we're just gonna have a meander around the film mm. The Joker. Uh, and discuss that. It's just Joker. Joel, oh, is it? For goodness sake. Is it? Yeah. I Joker. thought it's the Joker. It's not the Joker. It's Joker. Oh. Oh, it should be the. <laughs> it's very, it's more definitive at yeah. that point. Yeah. Gosh. Well, this is one of the problems. Joker just makes it generic. Well, yeah. this is the issue. So let yeah. me just open with yeah. So we're going to talk about this. There's a lot of controversies around this film, apparently. I didn't mm. really know about this until Dave started pointing them out to me. Yeah. But there's also just some interesting things to discuss and yep. some reasons. Well, we'll get into it. So, Dave, yep. first question. Was Joker, yep. without a the, Joker, was Joker the stuff that dreams are made of? Um, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I like watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is really interesting. It could go really interesting places. There's a few really interesting points in it um, and things like that. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance is like stellar, like absolutely incredible, um, uh, a bit overdone in parts and 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 a few areas. But overall, I thought it was a bit lackluster. It was a bit like a film student trying to do a Scorsese film mm. um, and and trying to do um, social commentary, doing a little bit of quite interesting social commentary at times, but overall just like... It's just too on the nose. Mm. Too like here's exactly what we're trying. Like you know, yep. let let's have like it reminds me of Futurama. The scene uh, when they're in uh, robot hell and there's a uh, <laughs> an opera being performed, and it's like you can't just have people st- walk on on stage and say how they're feeling. That makes me feel angry. <laughs> That's how I felt about this. Um, so okay, so. Yeah. Sorry, I no. Think, I think my I'm, answer is no. I think I'm kind of in the same boat here. We could. Uh, so I love this. Scorsese and all the films that it's like riffing on. Yeah. And I can't help but look at it through that. See, stuff. I don't actually know these films. Right. So, so there's I, a film called Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the film. I'm just is it the comedian or the King of Comedy? Yeah. Um, which yeah. Um, Robert De Niro is in playing a comedian who takes a audience hostage yeah. uh, in it. And so it's obviously an allusion to that. And, and Taxi Driver is a film about a, a man on the edge. sort of on the edge. Yeah. yeah. Basically a, a fascist, yeah. um, uh, racist, homophobic taxi driver who decides to rail against society. Yeah. And sort of 
valorizes his own violence or yep. something as a way of asserting yeah. himself in the world. See, I, I have to admit I'm uncultured mm. and I don't know these films particularly. Mm. I, I read of them mm. when reading Alyssa Wilkinson's All oh, right, uh, I haven't read on, her on, reviews. On Joker. She didn't like it, did she? No, and basically for similar reasons to your putting okay. out there, I think. But, okay, so this is a film. Let's go yeah. back a step. So we both yeah. are in the in the in the in the same boat of saying, yeah. eh, I think and I also to- we're both in the same boat of going, why are there children in the cinema? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That was super weird. We were like, we're at like reading cinema and roads at like seven or eight at night. Yeah, it was late. Quite late. And <laughs> seven or eight this is, is a late, film about late. a guy slowly going insane leading into a series of murders. And, and there is well, a scene in there where like it's the most visceral scene. So total spoilers, obviously, if yeah, you haven't is, seen yeah. this. Right, but there's a visceral scene in which he gets a pair of scissors and just stabs a dude in the neck and yeah. just goes from and in the eye or something. Yeah, it? yeah. And you're going, okay, because then it's actually interesting because at that point you suddenly start going, okay, now we're actually seeing a bit more of actual Joker, mm, right? Mm. The actual Joker. But I'm looking, and there's these kids who are just going up and down a lot, rolling around in the aisles and things. I'm going, how is this? What I mean, a babysitter probably costs about the same amount as money as a kid's yeah, ticket, yeah. Does it? anyway. Judgy, yeah, rightfully so. Yeah. Anyway, what the film? What was the film actually about? We should probably say so. This. So, so we've got a a a man uh, played by uh, Joaquin Phoenix, who is like a aspiring comedian who works as a clown in ad, um, advertising. So he holds up signs and things like that. Um, who we find out very early on has severe mental health issues. He goes along to a social worker to get his prescriptions refilled. Um, uh, he's he's bullied and victimized on the street. Um, caring for a sick mother. He's um, caring for a sick mother, um, and he um, uh, his his social worker's funding is cut, and he has to stop seeing her, and he can't gain access to his medication anymore. He also has a a condition uh, where he compulsively laughs, which often gets him into trouble because people don't understand his issue. Um, and what's going on for him. Um, he is led to believe that he is the son of a wealthy... Oh, we'll go. we don't have to go into every single... <laughs> well, I feel, I feel like this is the most interesting thing <laughs> okay. about the film. All right. Um, super spoilers. I, super spoilers. But uh, Thomas Wayne, who is Bruce Wayne's father, who is murdered uh, along with his wife, which leads to the creation of Batman... Um, He's presented in this, in the comic books, in the classic narrative, he's a philanthropist, surgeon, um, heir of a huge fortune, but spends all his time healing the sick, building infrastructure for his city. He's basically presented as a good guy. In this film, he's very clearly based on a Donald Trump um, figure, even down to his clothes and hairstyle and things like that. And the most interesting thing I think about this film is that it subverts um, this uh, class narrative. So rather than Bruce Wayne being born out of this very best of American aristocracy, taking um, civic responsibility, um, taking uh, law into one's own hands, um, taking being, this being your city and you're going to protect it kind of thing, uh, instead uh, it seems to play on our desire for these wealthy saviours um, by presenting Thomas Wayne as this basically Donald Trump figure. Mm. And uh, the Joker who um, uh, he, um, he, he's kind of brought into the spotlight when he shoots some Wall Street douchebags um, and he's in makeup at the time because of his work. Um, he's 
kind of put up as a revolutionary figure. Um, and so you've got all these um, uh, people engaged in civil disobedience and strikes and actions and protests all wearing um, joker masks. And so they're the counterculture, they're the, they're the rebellion against this, um, these rich aristocrats that set themselves up as their I swear, at saviors. one time when they're so I find that I find yeah. that I find that subversion of of but the Batman narrative quite interesting. As yeah, a, as and it does, thing. and it does have an element of, in ways, it's fascinating because Joke, the Joker mm. in this Joaquin Phoenix is sort of takes up all the screen time. I yeah, mean, it all lives and dies on him really. Yeah. But then you could see him as kind of a, um, you know, a canvas upon which then all these attempts mm. at a societal narrative are kind yeah. of painted. Well, right? and that's the very interesting thing. So there's an interesting scene where. Um, he goes to a comedy bar and he, you see him writing notes about and laugh, while he's laughing at the comedian saying things and he's writing notes just at what people are responding to and it's as if he doesn't actually know what's funny and what makes people laugh. Mm. He seems to have some sort of inability to grasp mm. humour mm. and he is just um, machine-like repeating the noises that people make um, when they're laughing. And so he is just this this canvas. Um, yeah, and then I think it casts upon him, you know, so Gotham in this context is very much as it is always like yeah. in New York, right? Yeah, and, 1970s New York. Yeah, and, so. and you have, you know, you do have some intimations that's something fascinating. So the way in which a liberal society mm. that is dysfunctional will attempt to placate people through entertainment. Yep. Or as you mentioned, the self-made man, right, yep. who shows you that you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yep. So Thomas Wayne in this case, all the entertainment, which is um, the the comedy host, right? And that mm. in ways, you know, you could see as a subtle criticism upon your Jimmy Fallon's and these kinds of people, right? Yeah. That these are sort of people. Subtle that- in- until... Not Joker, subtle. Yeah. Joker starts giving an entire speech where he well, says, "Well, this is what I and find this so is bad. why I'm so this is, violent." So this, gets, this gets to the heart of it, right? Now, I, do you want to talk about that, or should we talk about all the other controversies around it first? Yeah, because, let's start with the controversies. Okay, but the, just to park, so we know we're going to there. Yeah. The, the point in that it turns Joker into a causality narrative. Yeah, that's right. right? Awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Okay, but let's go. Okay, to the controversies around yeah. this. So before the film even came out. People saw the trailer and, um, I mean, I think a large part of this is that people have to say something (laughs) all the time. But they saw this and they thought, oh, there's this disaffected white man who it looks like from the trailer he can't get his neighbour to love him and then he gets no one understands him so he puts on, on a mask and then kills people. And this ties into this incel narrative. So incels being involuntarily celibate, People, which is a kind of um, almost a, a, a what do you call it a terrorist group, or it has been linked to terrorism um, at least. And understanding that you're, they're involuntarily celibate because of feminism. That's right. That feminism is robbing them of what is rightfully theirs, namely sex with women. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, so people saw the, the trailer and they assumed that it was tied to that kind of a narrative, mm. or at least was dangerously. Um, uh, could be turned into. Oh, I saw some people that. talking about it as almost a white supremacist narrative, right? Yeah. The individual white male uh, who feels disenfranchised and then um, responds to that through glorifying violence. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, all these comments were made before the film came out, yeah, and anyone right. had seen it. And actually, I don't think I don't think those charges remain. I think, no. if anything, it is a um, attack on um, on a form of Trumpism and neoliberalism and things like that. It's basically about a narrative about a, 
a, a young man with mental health issues who can't access medication because of cut, budgetary cuts. Yeah, but then, <laughs> but then that's fascinating because um, it, it, it remains in this sense at least though and that it, he's it, clearly portrayed as ultimately a sympathetic character. So there are moments of radical, vi- mm. you know, really evil violence, mm. right, that you may expect from the character, the Joker, yeah, right? Yeah. But even then, it's almost like you leave the theatre thinking good on him, right? That's the Do way. It, I think it tries to push you there. So at the end of the film, I'm going, oh, it's so hard for me to do this because I feel like I'm being you and just spoiling <laughs> it every moment. But, but at the very about, end uh, yeah. of the film, yeah. he's with that psychiatrist in the hospital and then you see him running off and he's got footprints of blood. So the assumption is that he's killed her or whatever, mm. right? And it's kind of this, you know, whimsical. And you're, and you're kind of, I think the way it's filmed, I, the way yeah. it elevates you to say, go be free in your maniacal ways. And yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. So there is a little well, bit of, where's, where's with, where, so, and that goes to the point that it's, it, it is not a subtle film. Yeah. Right? The, there's not much ambiguity. <laughs> That's there. right. Yeah. I mean, and this is one of, I think, the, the, one of the narrative failures of the film. I mean, First of all, I just don't think the Joker should have an origin. Okay, well, let's go to that. So then. we'll talk about that a bit later. Okay. But, but for now, I just... I just um, uh, the controversies. The controversies, yeah. So it should be said Todd Phillips, the director, did come out and say, oh, basically, can't can't make comedy about anything no more, PC gone mad right. kind of thing. Right. Typical kind of has a bit of a hack comedy writer. He wrote the Hangover films yeah, and things right. like that. It's like, oh, you poor, you poor deprived artist. Can't was, make any more Hangover films. I don't think there films. was any comedy in this film. Um, but, but so he's gone into this dramatic role and so he's, and that stirred up some controversy oh, that, that he said that on the press junket um, uh, for the film. Uh, and then also ties into, is he dog whistling to, you know, a type of person given this type of narrative. Now, one of the th- big shortfallings with this narrative is that I don't think it did say He's he's kind of embraced his maniacal anarchy kind of thing because and I I wanted to see him do that because what it no what it it's trying I'm was saying trying to get us to say that this is yes. a good response no, so, to society. So pressures. it was really interesting seeing his transformation. He he was always dancing and moving uh, freely as he embraced the Joker identity. Mm. But then when you finally see him go on the talk show, he's just basically. Whinging, really uninteresting. And, In fact, and, it's and, the worst and point for Joaquin Phoenix. And I thought. I thought, you know, this could have been more interesting had he just switched yep. into the Joker that we know yep. and it was this moment of liberation yep. uh, for him and he just embraced that identity and he was all of a sudden confident um, and, uh, and and and, and in like control and not needing sympathy yeah. or, or anything like that because the Joker doesn't need So this that. is what happens, right, at the point where he's at the talk show host. The talk show host has humiliated him on yes. national television and then brings him on to the show in order to say, look at this guy as a yeah. laughing stock. And, and basically the Joker turns into a high school shooter type. That's right. And like he just and he character. gives and he gives a causality. Yeah. He says, This is what happens when someone with men- and he explicitly says when someone with mental illness is pushed to the limit by society that doesn't yeah. care. And yeah. you're going at this point, okay. This yeah. is just pure causality yeah. narrative. This, that, that is like a high school student writing a script at that yeah. point. Yeah. Like, this is what happens when, and everyone picks on me at school. And so that's <laughs> what I mean by um, the show. The, that, the show, the movie, yeah. is pushing you towards an understanding that this is in part. I, I mean, I don't. I think the controversy is overblown, but it does oh, yeah. push you to say, you know, that this is a possible reaction you can have yeah. in a society that is under pressure like yeah. this. Um, the other, my brother, who's a psychotherapist, he he was concerned that people would basically use this as ammunition to say people with mental health issues, yeah, yeah, uh, 
Fair, and fair I, well, I, I, I said but, yes, but you there could, but I think in- you have to be pretty bad to take all our current yeah. discourse around mental health and then, like, rewrite it in light of yeah. this one yeah. film, yeah. right? Yeah. Whereas I think his mental health in this case, it's not even, it's kind of almost, it's ambiguous in its yeah. own way as well. It's not like a, I think the main thing people would take out of this film, if they were reading it in that, oh, isn't this great, in that mm. linear narrative, is simply a case of here's an alienated, disaffected mm. guy. Yeah. And isn't it great that sometimes you can snap and push back? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, so I, I heard Zizek talking about this film quite interestingly, uh, where he is one of the things he says is that the problem with a film like this is that it turns um, Joker into something, somebody that is reacting against the world. Right. And he says the interesting thing about the Joker is that the world, he inflicts himself on the world. He The world doesn't create him um and he goes you know and that's what makes him the opposite of a batman because the bat- batman is someone that responds to a tragedy and creates an identity in response to it but the joker in in uh Zizek's kind of psychoanalytic reading is the joker is just his persona there's no there's nothing beneath the identity and that's why the the dark knight um yep. is a much better portrayal because um he he has multiple origin that's stories right. that he gives out. He keeps saying, "Did I ever tell you how I got my smile?" Yeah. And, this, and, yeah. and that's the that's the interesting thing is that there there is no His definitive origin yeah. uh, there. He is and he is there not to. He's not interested in in the world, uh, in how the world responds to him. Nor is he interested in or just what, what simply the, Batman. what the world does to him. He has he has Batman. He, in ways, Batman gives rise to him because yeah the authoritarian figure of Batman regurgitates up this pure figure of anarchy, right? But at the same time, this figure, this is the Dark Knight Mm. we're talking about, is the one who burns all the money of the gangsters, right? So he is- He has no motivation. No motivation and just a sheer force, right? And it becomes, I mean, whether you can think of a person as like this or not. And in that, he's a critique of um, fascism or authoritarianism because it's saying that, the more force that you apply, mm. it, it generates and it invites this, this these forces of anarchy well, in response yeah, to it. That, but also I think it's almost like Joker is something um, that lurks beneath us. Mm. You know, it's a sense that a person could be robbed of personhood and they're mm. kind of having a story and they could just become pure anarchic force, mm. right? And not anarchic in the way that this guy is in Joaquin Phoenix's version because his version is kind of um, incompetent yeah. Yeah. and just sort of haphazard. You could say maybe that's because he's starting out, right? Mm. But the Joker, when you get to him in his fully yeah. fleshed form, is cunning, Yeah, is completely and utterly diabolical, yeah. right? But it's it's a sense that without its origins, without his origins, without trying to narrate his yeah. causality, you can say that this is something that the world itself produces or the world or something that lurks beneath the surface yeah. of, of a thin veneer of civility yeah. that you can, you know, I mean, I think this is the Joker in that sense is, you know, entirely mm. like an antichrist sort of thing, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's this idea that it's beneath the surface, beneath the surface is this sort of state of nature war going yeah, on yeah. or something. There's a really interesting reading of him. Um, so there, I, I've, been, I've watched a few video essays about the Dark Knight being the per- type of person I am. Um, and there's a really interesting video that shows all the ways in which he creates the appearance of disorder and um, unreason but it's all completely controlled. Um, so there, there's an example of where 
uh, there's a scene in we're talking about Dark Knight now rather than Joker. The scene where he visits um, Harvey Dent in the hospital, yeah. and he he gets Harvey Dent to put the gun next up to his head and flip the coin uh, about whether he lives or dies. But if you watch carefully, his thumb is actually on the hammer, so that he was always in control of the situation, even though he's appearing to <laughs> just that's uh, fascinating. Um, and and he goes at every point. He's absolutely in control. It's like Fortuna or something. And right? he creates this impression that he is yeah. completely random, but he has he's always in control and has a plan. Um, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like Fortuna, you know, the mm. idea that you can be subject to this force, but the mm. force itself is sort of, it yeah. still has an element of agency yeah. to it. Now that's just so much more interesting. Yeah. So if you even take the killing joke, which is what this film mm. Also, kind of, yeah, kind of echoes. Yeah, at least um, the origin story stuff. The yeah. origin story stuff of a com- failed comedian who then gets locked into one, well, and the Killing Joke gets locked into gangster work, and then the Red Hood and falls into this mm. vat of acid, mm. right? But even that doesn't explain, yeah. you know, then how he becomes the person that shoots Barbara Gordon and mm. paralyzes her. Yeah, I think there's a line. There's a line in Killing Joke, the comic, where he says, "If he has an, he prefers his origin to be multiple choice." Right. Um, and in the comics itself, when yeah. there's been, is, who's the figure in the comics, the Watcher or someone, yeah. and then they uh, Batman seeks to find who the true identity of the Joker is and he gets told like five people or something. Yeah, yeah, there's multiple Jokers going on. Multiple words. Jokers. Yeah. Whereas in this it kind of becomes narrowed down, Yeah. right, in which it's sort of he's like a political revolutionary but not that interesting. Yeah, yeah, and he's, 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 um, he's kind of just been swept up into that. Um, so at the end, when he gets carried away, uh, very on the nose, <laughs> in a very on the nose yeah, way, he gets yeah. carried away by the, the the crowd. One of which goes and kills Barbara, uh, Barbara, um, Thomas, and Martha Wayne. Oh, that was ridiculous! Uh, yeah, um, just slotting in the Batman narrative again at yeah. the very end. Yeah, um, yeah, and then he gets kind of carried away by the the crowd, and then next time you see him, like. He's been arrested. Yeah, he's been arrested <laughs> again somehow. I mean, yeah. that's the last thing, the, you know, one of the last things on this is that, you know, this is a Joker film without Batman. Yeah. And, you know, we're both nerds mm. who love comic book films, yeah. but this is, in the end, this this is nothing to do with Batman, yeah. nothing to do with Joker really. Yeah. It's just a figure, you know, you said, and, you know, Alyssa writes no piece, it's kind mm. of an attempt to ape on yeah. Scorsese films using the veneer of Joker. Yeah, or, or someone that hasn't understood the Scorsese film has only kind of gone, I want to make it look like a Scorsese film. Well, and also <laughs> also the director himself, yeah. when he's on the circuit, yeah. was talking about how he hates comic book film, hates comics. Yeah. And he said yeah, he wanted cool. to create a dark realism and this sort of thing. And you're going, well, you know, so it's deeply ironic because you've got these fans, right, who yeah. are getting really agitated over people criticising Joker. Mm. And yet the director himself is completely uninterested in these comic books. Yeah. In which, you know, we try and talk about on this podcast how these pop culture and comics and these movies and so on, they also resonate with these deeper narratives and raise these interesting things and so on, whereas this one just kind of didn't. At one point they're standing in the crowd, the ones who are mm. agitated against the Wall Street bankers and mm. so on. And I think if you freeze it at a particular point, there's a giant blimp sort of thing of Trump. Yeah, and you're going. It looks very much like Trump, anyway. yeah, yeah. and you're going. This is just not very subtle at yeah. this point. You know, that's just kind of again. It's just that linear narrative. Mm. Yeah. Um, are we ever going to get another good Joker? Well, 
You love Jared Leto. Oh, man. <laughs> you like it because it says damaged on his head. Oh, man. And, and that shows you that he's I damaged. I could not handle that. As soon as we saw the trailer, I said it's like a fanboy of Linkin Park. It just created the Joker. Yeah. And oh. I can't. Uh, that That is just an atrocious What a film. mess. What is, what's going to happen, Joel? What can you explain? <laughs> so we've got Birds of Prey coming out. I just don't think that looks very good. So Mar- I like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I think she's mm. good. Um, but that's an interesting one as well. Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn in the absence of the Joker. Yeah, and again, it doesn't. Does that, do these characters make sense outside of these interweb of relations? Yeah, and there's an interesting narrative in one of the Bat game, Bat, Batman games where it turns out that it's one of the previous Robins has been tortured and he becomes the next Joker. And I was so sure it was going to turn out that this isn't the real Joker. Yeah. He's, the re- he's replaced Joker. I think Joker. they're going to have to say something like that um, because... But I think they're just going to reboot the, the universe. DC ship is just way off. The Batman, the next Batman movie is going to be um, Rob Bat Bat and Bat, as, uh, <laughs> as as the Weekly Planet says. Um, uh, so Rob Pattinson playing a younger guy with a whole new rogue, like basically all the rogues. This must be a standalone. This Joker, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. I think. I think they're basically slowly rebooting the entire DC movie. Oh man, universe. they just started off on such a bad foot. Yeah. We've talked about this before, but the basic byline we've said, I think, if I get it right, is that um, Zack Snyder, view, his view of the world mm. is that um, everything at base is conflictual and will to power. Yeah. And they attempt to rise above and, others. And so he turns and, Superman into the Ubermensch. Yeah, that's right. With a deep, he, and everything is just, there's a, you see this with Frank Miller as a comic book writer as well. Um, there's this underlying kind of violent homoeroticism behind it all as well. This kind of ultra fetishization of hyper-masculinity to the point of kind of, you know, sexualization. Whereas you have said that Superman... the So the 300 basic, is another yeah, Frank yeah, Miller yeah. and Scott Snyder. And Scott Snyder. And the basic uh, point about Superman, though, is that he's good. Yeah, he's good because what? he's invulnerable. He's invulnerable. So what would you do with that goodness? Yeah, and, um, and that's why... And I, would you still be good if... Kryptonite yeah. hits you and renders you yeah, yeah. incarnate and that's all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so but none it, of this is present in this world, right? No. And this gritty realism that we get from Joker is just a continuation of this idea that DC Universe, for whatever reason, yeah. should just be, you know, unremittingly yeah. grim. I'm just so sick of all these gritty reimagining of superheroes, right? So you've got The Boys on Amazon, which is a, another I thing. I have seen this. We've, uh, we've got a Watchmen series that I'm watching at the moment that... I can't really work out what to do with, but everything is a gritty reimagining. Why can't we just have a imagining? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I want a, I want a saturated, colorful Superman film that's basically science fiction yeah. and and wonderful. Yeah. Um, why can't I have that, Joel? Yeah, they tried to give you a bit of that with Aquaman, but didn't you turn that off halfway through? Oh yeah, I, I just <laughs> I got really bored. <laughs> really? Yeah. And here I thought you were trying to dress up as. Although Jason, Sam, Jason Sam Momoa <laughs> for someone. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. Um, so that that was our bonus episode on The Joker. Do you like this? Do you want us to do more of this? Maybe we can do some some extra this bonus. This was mainly for David and I. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll do a, um, a an impromptu um, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, video or yeah, you'll or, just be crying or, about oh it's just like return of the jedi and i'll be like if they have ewoks dancing at the end of the film give me some each up 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 i'm okay with that you know george lucas removed that song 
I know, and he was so wrong to do so. And they brought it. Aren't they? Had then they bring it back? I don't know. Did you know they made the Ewoks blink in the new, latest special edition? Really? <laughs> it's really creepy. <laughs> Okay, uh, that, that's probably as edifying event as anywhere. Uh, please like us on Eucatastrophe. Um, find us on Facebook I'm, um, by searching the Eucatastrophe. Follow us on Twitter at Eucat, E-U-C-A-T underscore podcast. Um, please drop us a review, share us around, um, and, um, yeah, let your, let your love of the all things Eucatastrophe-ic. <laughs> um, be known. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll talk you talk to you in um, two weeks' time. <laughs>